We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. If Jose Mourinho is serious about Marcus Rashford being a thing, that's another guy who I'm probably going to put in front of Jesus. So these are all guys who, if they all hit the high end of their goal expectation and Jesus hits his very lowest, that's who you do. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, Fantasy Premier League Edition. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, we're going to be talking drafts all day today in preparation for our Rotowire draft on Thursday night. So, uh, first of all, are you excited for Thursday? <laughs> Always excited. I uh, would like to apologize to everybody listening that we didn't do this before the weekend, before the Premier League starts, because I think that's a popular draft time. But um, I've had enough people ask me for um, stuff on, on my own rankings for their drafts this week. So I think some people are still waiting because... Uh, the transfer window is obviously still open uh, for guys to join uh, and guys to leave. That that lasts a little longer, so hopefully this isn't too late. Until for until uh, a, a little longer, meaning until Thursday. Well, people can come in until Thursday, but people can leave until the end of the month. So, um, you know, if you're drafting somebody like Eden Hazard and he ends up at Real Madrid in three weeks, then that's bad. It's not good. 
And I mean, speaking of, you know, speaking of Eden Hazard, like when you did your, uh, so uh, you know, a little shameless plug, wrote uh, Andrew's uh, top 200 rankings are available at rotowire.com slash soccer. Um, when you did your top 200 rankings, did you take that into account or did you assume that people were just going to be there for the entire season? Uh, I, I always as- try to work with what we know as facts, which I know bothers you significantly with most things on this podcast. But I mean, there's just so much noise when it comes to, um, you know, soccer transfer rumors that everybody's always linked to somewhere. I mean, you get really ridiculous ones like Ronaldo going to Juventus. I mean, we all know that's never going to happen. Oh, oh, wait, that one happened. But (laughs) anyway, uh, you know, it's just we never know. And at, at any moment, things could change. And so thankfully on the internet, you can make changes if, if things happen. So I ranked based on guys and their current team, uh, which is why like Harry Maguire isn't quite as high as uh, with Leicester. I think he would be a better fantasy option with, with Manchester United, just because there are more uh, clean sheet opportunities. I, that's this is a good time to note that my rankings are also for the premier league's official game. Uh, I have, some other people wondering, you know, why I'm low on certain guys because they're better in Taga, which, or Fantrax, which is now, I've been calling it um, Taga Tracks lately, which I th- was Not very... Not Fantaga? I, I thought Taga Tracks sounded better, um, which, for branding purposes, I think Fantaga probably would end up winning out because people are like, oh, it's more fun, Fantaga. But I think Taga Tracks sounds you, a lot you better. You can even go Fantraga. Um, you can add the R in the middle, too. In the middle? Yeah, you could. You could. You're right. Uh, I, I like Taga tracks. Um, that sounds like a like a really bad playlist on Spotify. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, the uh, when you really look at the at the differences in terms of where everybody finishes by the end of the season, uh, there are some some players who are very different. But like overall, it's really not that different. Um, and so position wise, obviously takes. Um, takes it a little differently because guys like Mohamed Salah and Alexis Sanchez are forwards uh, in target tracks, but they're not in the Premier League's official game. And since uh, the Premier League official game is, is just simply bigger, uh, I, I decided to continue to do our rankings based on that game. And so um, I forgot where I even started with this point. In mid-season shape already here but anyway um, and you're asking me to bring you back yeah right <laughs> but anyway um they're just there are differences i we i was mentioning it on the or before we started recording here that um some people have given me feedback and it mostly revolves around guys uh like ngolo Kante, who is significantly more valuable in a format that uh, gives you stats for more than just kind of goals and assists and i know um, the FPL has, you know, the bonus point system, although he, you know, when you score a goal and you automatically get bonus point or not automatically, but that gives you a very big Often. bump, um, that pushes Conte even further. And so, uh, guys like that tend to have a, a bigger discrepancy, but in the end, you know, it's still Salah, Kane, Erickson, Alexis, Aubameyang, like it's going to be those guys. And so, uh, when you're doing your drafts, kind of regardless of the format, uh, at least we know who the elite options are. Yeah, and speaking of you know drafts and you know let let let's get started here and focus in on some strategy, right? Uh, when we talk about those elite players, position wise, 
you know, where is the depth, right? And also, you know, when we talk about uh, the FPL drafts, right, uh, when you're trying to do roster construction like you would in any other sport, right, are you looking for that elite option for a position scarce like forwards, for example? When you, are you trying to lock that down early or do you feel that there's enough, enough depth later on that, you know, you can wait? Yeah, it's I've seen a very clear difference between doing a public league and a private league on at least the Premier League's official site. Uh, I don't know why they made this decision, but the available options for public leagues are literally four, six, and eight teams, which eight really is the smallest league you should ever do. I don't know why anybody would go less than that. I mean, unless you everybody wants superstars, and I guess I just walk myself into why you do that. But uh, what I've noticed—that's not a good reason. Uh, you yeah. know, that—that's where it becomes more luck than skill. You're just picking the right superstar. They're all superstars, though. But I—I uh, I understand not having, and I—I I think I was having this conversation with John Wallen on Twitter a few weeks or last week, and he didn't appreciate my point that like some people don't want to have to wonder if uh, Shane Duffy is a good fantasy option, and I understand that. I think it's obviously for people who are more casual about it. Um, no, there's a, <laughs> you, you obviously disagree. No, I mean, it's not a measure of being casual about it. If your if your level of knowledge only ranges six teams deep, basically, in terms of you just want players from the top six, which, yes, I would love it if I could just make a team of just the top six, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just Manchester you, United, Manchester yeah, City. You can. Yeah, I know. With four and six player leagues, you certainly can and make it worthwhile. But you can like, do it, Mike. If yeah, but you just said you'd love if, to do it. You can do it. I, I like don't in five view, minutes, you could start. Look, I don't view fantasy sports as an activity that just the fringe fan would do. Okay, that's right. Fair. You know, this is not something that like someone who's just like, oh, I'll watch like once a month. Like, you know, oh, let me play a fantasy, which I have to update every week. Like, no, that like you were immediately talking about two different things. OK, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'll respectfully disagree because I think there are enough people who are perfectly content just um, saying I'm going to, you know, I'd rather just cheer on my top six players. But anyway. Oh, uh, and, and I would love to join any league for any amount of money with all of them. <laughs> Uh, so what I've noticed is in these public leagues, at least people tend to, and maybe because there's very little at stake, uh, even though there's sometimes little at stake in a private league, but, um, people tend to be more homerish. And so you'll see guys who are drafted well earlier than they should, because whoever you're drafting against happens to be a big whatever fan. Uh, and so you see players going off the board really early and, um, you can kind of take advantage of that, but even in the deeper leagues. So you kind of mentioned this and I feel like this is a conversation we have every year, but like the elite forward options, uh, the list is short, um, which is understandable if goals would be everywhere. If we had a lot of elite forward options and I basically say it, I think it goes about five deep this year. Um, it's Obama Yang, Kane, Lukaku, Aguero, and Firmino. And I think if you're in a draft and those five guys are gone, uh, there's no reason to take a forward, even in the first, like, two or three rounds. Like, I think you can get by with taking shots at, the, at everybody who's left 
Um, but there's not, so, I, I don't see any reason to be like, oh man, forwards are going quickly. So instead of taking Kevin De Bruyne or, uh, I'm kind of assuming Salah is gone, but like, or instead of Alexis or Erickson, I'm, I better grab Vardy because I'm not going to have a forward. And it's like, I think that's the, a, a big mistake. So what do you feel like is the ideal number investment in terms of, you, you know, let's just take let's take forwards for example, right? Like I believe you're allowed maximum of three. Yeah. It's just like uh, it's just like the regular roster for a uh, yep for an FPL for team, cap, right? Yeah. Yep. So with that in mind, right? Are you looking for, you know, two of the good ones? Then you'll take a flyer on a third late, uh, or you know, it, depending obviously where you are in the draft, right? Let's say if it's a ten-team league, and you're at the back, and you're probably not going to get one of the top five forwards. Are you just gonna are you just going to look for volume of mediocre guys? Or are you just going to wait until the end and just take some flyers and maybe start one a week? Yeah, I probably wouldn't go that drastically, but I'm if I'm at 10 and those five guys are gone, I'm not taking a forward in the, you know, around the turn. I'll take two midfielders at that point. And, you know, depending on how the rest of the draft goes, I don't see any reason to take two more at the next turn or to take two at the next turn, I think you could probably get away with one because ultimately it does like forward is deep. It's just not elite deep. And so if you miss out on that elite field, then that's okay. Um, you don't have to rush because I'm not sure there's this drastic difference between uh, Wilfred Zaha and Charlie Austin. Yeah, but those guys aren't going to be around much farther than the first few rounds because once the first five go, those are going to be one of your next level guys. Right, but but I'm not sure. So if you, I'm willing to let somebody else take Obama Yang and Charlie Austin if it gets me Erickson and whoever I, and I, and mine. I, I think you're being very flattering to Charlie Austin by putting him in the same sentence as Obama Yang. No, no, no. I'm saying if 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 they're gonna take Aubameyang second overall, and Austin is in the 25-ish range, but even if not, then then let somebody else have Aubameyang and Shank Tosun. If I can end up with Mane and Ozil or Deli Alley, you know, like I'd rather I'd rather those midfielders than Aubameyang and or Kane and kind of one of these ne- end of tier end of tier two forwards like do you see a drastic difference between uh arnautovic and mitrovic or ian acho or aozi perez i do i think i I think they're i i'm pretty high on arnautovic especially as a number nine as he's likely going to be at west ham this season um i so you, you, know, you are not, and I, and, I, and I also like his supporting cast around him in the front three too. Uh, I think Andre Yarmolenko is vastly underowned uh, in the official game and in drafts. I'm I'm seeing him go undrafted in a lot of situations mm-hmm. in Fantraga and in official FPL as well. Uh, Philippe Anderson gets more publicity, but Yarmolenko is somebody who. So that's man, my, but that's my point, like. What's the but difference? But neither. I, I actually, I need. I need to check. I'm not sure if Yarmolenko is considered a forward or both midfielders. Actually, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought so as well. But I know in I know in Fantraga formats that Yarmolenko I think is a forward. So sure, uh, Arnautovic and I'll throw Zaha in this because they were coupled as 
um, like it was a huge change when those two were moved to forwards in the Premier League official game because they were midfielders last year and mm-hmm. they became forwards and everyone's like, oh man, they're great options. For the price. And for the, sure. I think that's an important caveat. I don't think that people would be rushing to them if they were, you know, even if they were eight flat or, you know, something like that. I, I think most people would rather just spend the extra money to go to a Roberto Firmino. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, I'd, I'd Who's simply point out that I think Arnautovic and Zaha being forwards is better for the forward pool than it is for Zaha and Arnautovic. Like, That's fair. I, the, their goals count less. They get no clean sheet points now. Like They're expecting the same production in terms of total fantasy points by the end of the season. Like They're going to have to score a lot more. And yeah. they're, just, they're just not huge goal scorers. Like Arnautovic has never had more than 11 and Zaha's never even hit 10. Yeah, and that's why last time we talked, right, I, I was saying a lot of people you're seeing both on a yeah. lineup. And what I'm saying is no one. <laughs> you have to choose. Uh, I mean, I, I understand why you picked that. But, like, who nah, do you think that, that, is more likely to hit 10 goals, Zaha or Chris Wood? I'm still under the – I'm still going to play the game where I'm not going to start three forwards. I know it's very popular to do so. Um, I would, I mean, I think it's the safer points with top six team defenders. If you can get them, you know, th- th- those are safer points. Yeah. My ceiling might be lower, but my floor is a lot higher. And in a season long format like this, where transfers can be, you know, yeah, they can be expensive. But in a draft, I'm saying, oh, it, 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 well, yeah, in an FPL, in an FP, in a, in a draft format, when even still, Right. If you're saddled with both of them, you're unlikely going to be dropping them because they're useful, but they're also not going to give you those that you know, they're not going to get you to the end, of, uh, you know, with all with the with the total points tally either because of what you were saying. Their goals are worth less and they're not going to score as many as a traditional number nine. Right. So one I'm would saying... one would think one would think, especially sure. if you want to play the aggressive transfer rumor game, uh, Wilfred Zaha being linked to Chelsea, right, which would just kill it. That would kill it. Or Tottenham too, right? Or is that? Or Tottenham. Uh, Spurs have reportedly pulled out <laughs> because of the seventy-five million evaluation. Right, because it might mean they actually buy somebody instead of not buying anybody. But anyway, I just I, I think the and there's probably a second tier with uh, Jesus and Lacazette. Lacazette's obviously very. Man, I don't. Goal I don't. Goal, I mean, uh, playing time. Dependent. Yeah, I think I think I think it's unfair to call them second tier unless we're unless we're considering playing time. You know. Of course, the, like talent wise, they are in the first tier. They are the only reason why they're not in that first tier is because of their playing time. Sure, but that's the and point. yeah, but you can't put them as a second tier option because it's not fair. Because if you put if you if you're going into it saying, let's say you have a top five and then your number six and number seven who are in the second tier, you can't just lead, You can't have those two leading your line. It's it's just it's not going to work out for you. They're riskier than that. Sure. So, so it, but it, that I mean, that's what spe- that's specifically what keeps them out of the first tier. Uh, agreed, but I think we have to put a caveat on wherever they're placed, whether it's second, third, fourth tier. It doesn't matter what tier they're in to me because you're you have to depend on someone else getting hurt or some kind of system change for them to be valuable at all. Uh, it, it, you can have a very expensive bench player. Would you would you put Lacazette? in the same tier as Kane, Lukaku, and Aguero if Aubameyang got hurt? 
And do you put Jesus in the same tier as Kane, Lukaku, and Aubameyang if Aguero gets hurt? G- uh, Gabriel Jesus, yes. I'm not going to say yes to Lacazette. Okay. okay. That's fair. So, so how do you look at... I mean, we just talked about how the playing time is kind of questionable with Jesus and Lacazette. Do you put them... With the caveat that we don't know what their playing time is, do you put them ahead of or behind Jamie Vardy? Behind. Okay. 100%, I agree. I agree. I don't think twice about that. I mean, that that one's easier. I mean, where where I start having the questions is when we start getting down to Zaha and Arnautovic. the the Joshua Kings of the world. Okay. Like it goes that far down, right? So for me, you know, when you talk about let's take the Chelsea forward line, right? You know, there's a reason. I mean, I, I'm still wondering why Alvaro Morata is the highest ranked of all of them, uh, because between the three of them, I have the least confidence that he will start the most games. Of which group? Uh, of just the Chelsea forwards. Oh. So, uh, you know, Morata, Batshuayi, and Giroud. Of those three, Morata is the one I have the least confidence in starting, let's say, 30 games. Right. Even though I think none of them are going to start 30 games. I think that's fair. I, I, I'm I'm a little more confident in him, but I understand why somebody wouldn't be. It's not, and it's not necessarily Murata's talent. It's when we look at Maurizio Sarri's system, and let's just take the Gonzalo Higuain model, mm-hmm. right? Which of the three current Chelsea players fits that mold the best? I mean, it is Murata. I know you'd, you're going to try to say it's not, but it's absolutely Murata. <laughs> I I disagree. <laughs> I mean, of the three of them, I feel like Michi Batshuayi is the closest. None of them are close. <laughs> but of the three, Batshuayi would be the closest, considering what his you know size, speed, uh, and skill level with his feet ratio can be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it. Are we just like ignoring what he's actually done in the Premier League? Agreed. <laughs> but I'm just it, saying it, it, like, it, it has not, to play a role. He, ha- right? he hasn't, he hasn't been in this system either. Um, this, I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, a question has to be, and this goes for any manager, right? When we talk about Marco Silva too, all the optimism of the Everton players, um, you know, Everton, you know, new system in the premier league. Well, uh, Marco Silva, not necessarily new, but new at this level of talent. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. when we talk about players playing in a new system or a new system coming to the premier league, those play whether or not those players you've seen up before it doesn't matter because they're playing in a new system that could or could not maximize their talents that they do have. It's it's undeniably clear that Michi Batshuayi has talent. You know, especially and at certainly in the Germany. post and smacking himself in the face. Right, certainly in Germany. Um, I, I do you think he gets a shot before Giroud? No. Uh, I, I, he, but my point is is that all three of them that forward line for Chelsea. I'm not putting them anywhere near the top ten. I'm not. Wow. I'm like unlikely to have any of them in draft format because people are going to take them before I'm ready to. Where would you rank Chelsea forward? Chelsea, uh, and, I, and it doesn't matter who it is. Right. Like, I don't have to choose. Right. Which like is if you key, took the cumulative which is a key portion. What's that? The key. The key to my argument is that I can't. I'm not because we're not saying Chelsea forward. Like, remember how I wanted to revolutionize the rankings once upon a time by saying. You know, like Tottenham left back or Tottenham right back. Yeah, that was definitely revolutionary. But, 
where do you, I mean, if if you but ranked if, if team forwards, Chelsea, if it was just generic Chelsea forward, they're probably somewhere in the range of. And do, do I get to do that with all the other teams? Yes, too? yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. So where do where do they fit versus Man City forwards, Tottenham forwards, which is really just Kane, Arsenal forwards, Man United, six. Liverpool. It's probably six. Okay. Because I, I mean, with Arsenal, I do like Aubameyang especially. Uh, that's the, that I mean, that's the that's the one team where everyone's gonna kind of like you know raise. That's the only raise your eyebrow moment if there is one in that statement. You know, Chelsea are not known for its forward line. To mm-hmm. be fair, yep. except for when Diego Costa and DDA Drogba, oh DDA Drogba, he was just Could he was a different be. beast. Uh, but you know, you know, Diego Costa had what was it one one really really good year of goal scoring, I believe. There there were other fine years of goal scoring, yeah. but. You know, when we talk about Chelsea, we talk about defense first, and this system is not that. Don't get me wrong, Maurizio Sarri is not a defense first guy. Um, but do you, I mean, especially with Eden Hazard on one side and Willie Willie on potentially on the other, or the, the, I mean, there's going to be goal scoring to go around a little bit. Um, and you know, when you look at you know Dries Mertens in that system at Napoli, right? There's opportunities for other to score. Uh, that I mean. Anyway, that's why they're sixth. I mean, it's not like it's too revel. I'm not saying that they're going to be tenth. You know, Chelsea yeah. forwards. You know, in the top six, I believe that the Chelsea forwards the least valuable. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, how many midfielders do you take before you take Murata? Like, if Murata just keeps dropping in your draft, it's going to be a lot. The the, the number is going to be a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to put an exact like, number. Are you, are on you taking uh, Chris Wood before Murata? Or it's close. It's close. I mean, he's not a midfielder, but yeah, um, it's in that range. Sorry, it, you know that right. that, that, Mit, that Mitrovic. That if you're talking about other forwards, That's right? That's what I meant. Yeah. So you know, like, if, if Mitrovic you're thinking, Wood, you're sitting there. You took four, your midfielders with your first picks, and Murata somehow is still sitting there in the third round, coming to you. So you have three and I'm four. Still not comfortable. But I would still I would still likely rather take a guy. It, it, for example, if Chris Wood is there, I'm probably uh, no because the rumors of Peter Crouch aren't going away. Um, so so Tosun. Yeah, take, Tosun. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you would take him yeah. before Murata. I would. Okay. Well, only only because I've seen the Marco Silva system work before in the Premier League. Okay. Uh, so you have and, no consider no concern that Tosun yeah. doesn't start every game. I mean, our, for example, Arnautovic is I'm 100% positive. I'm I'm in. You're right. Zaha right? too. Same thing. Yep. Uh, you know, those two I'm all I, I'm all in there. Which is fine. So uh, it's really that next group. It's Mitrovic, Wood, Tosun, King. I'm I apologize. I'm using my own rankings just yeah, to bring I, these guys I, in. Yeah, I I'm trying to use yours as well. Um but you know, he he I mean, Murata to me only because of the uncertainty of playing time or all Chelsea forwards to be fair. Um, they're in that Joshua King range, right? Like where you have them um, like 15. Because oh, Joshua King, I'm not too positive about playing time either. And also and then Murata's significantly more talented. Would you rather 20 games out of Murata or 33 out of Charlie Austin or anybody? In 20, out of, 20 out of Murata. But to be honest, I pass on both. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I don't want that. I, I, I'm not going to, especially because you, with the, because the, the draft cutoffs, right, as far as the, the lineups, it's the same as the official game. So you're gambling. You're gambling on zeros every week. 
So you're then saying because you don't like any of these guys, regardless if the top five Fords are gone, you're going to take a Ford in your first two picks. I want I, I, I need to have at least one forward with some playing time stability. Absolutely. Okay. Because I because you need to have at least one where you can just set that person and forget it. Mm-hmm. Because, again, those lineup locks are just brutal okay. for people who are in rotation. Riyad Mars is another guy I'm not going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Leroy Sané, probably the same thing. Bernardo Silva, forget it. Like, you know, when we get that far down in the mid, in the when we start talking about midfielders, you know, those rotations can also be brutal. The the Rotowire League is is a classic league. Like it's total points by the end of the season. It's not head to head. That's a, that's another key factor. Yes. Yep. Uh, that makes me not hesitate on any of the Man City guys, given how much rotation. They basically had last year, and they were all good. I'm fine taking any of them. Yeah, that might be a situation where it's better you than me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I, saying I like would, ten I, games, I probably... ten points out of two games, or out of three games, is better than three games with one point or two points. Let's call it. It's fair. Uh, it's fair. Uh, it, it's fair because of the. I mean, you're also gonna. You're also basing the assumption on the fact that Manchester City will score 100 goals again. I mean, even if they scored 85, that's more than enough. Is it? Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, um, you know, when you take away 15 goals, that also takes away 15 potentially assists too. Mm-hmm. Probably not that. Many. And th- and that and those are your main point getters for these for these players. Sure. I mean, they added Riyad Mahrez to a team that scored over 100 goals. Like, could they score 110? What's more likely to you, 85 or 110? Well, obviously it's 85, but... (laughs) I mean, we're trying to stay in the realm of possibilities here, right? Uh, Sure, but... Sure. Um, Are there any guys way down the list that you think should not be way down the list? Are we talking about forwards still? Just just forwards? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been looking at it, and to be honest, there's not too much of a gripe that I have. You know, forwards to me... It's going to be personal preference very quickly. Yeah. Uh, like that, those top five, top seven, you know, I, I'm going to argue Gabriel Jesus at seven is, should be lower because of what I was talking about before. Okay. But it's personal preference, really. Like, again, you're 20 games out of Gabriel Jesus or 30 something out of somebody else. And I think that's, I think Gabriel Jesus, if Aguero's healthy all year, which he never is, but if he's healthy all year, you're getting like 10 games out of Jesus max. 10 starts. Ten starts, correct. I mean, they, they had a, a decent number of games at, at the beginning of last season before Benjamin Mendy got hurt where they both started. Aware. Three, uh, if they go 3-5-2, then yeah. Then, then, then you, I mean, that's a gamble I'm not willing to take. So how many guys behind him finish with more goals, though, like realistically? I mean, like, how, many game, how many games are you saying that, that Gabriel Jesus is going to play? I'm just I'm asking you. Or how many minutes? How many minutes? I mean, if I'm talking about minutes, right? If if uh, if, if I'm if, if we're running with the assuming health, you know, uh, and we're just talking about maybe ten starts and then you know probably twenty more substitute appearances. Let's say maximum thirty minutes each, and that's generous, and that's very generous considering that they're probably going to be leading in most of those games, and he won't figure into an attacking first lineup. You know, late in the game where they're up two, three nil. How many games do you think he started last year? Dozen. Okay, it was nineteen. Okay, he scored thirteen goals. 
Oh, so uh, but he, I, I know, I know what you're that's saying. That's fine, saying. but the, how many guys the, behind him score more than him? Like based on your most pessimistic playing time estimate, how many guys score more goals than Jesus, other than Aubameyang, Kane, Lukaku, Aguero, Firmino, and Vardy? Probably about another five, ten. Five or ten. Yeah. Who? Uh, so Mitrov. I mean, basically, it's about how many how many forwards are going to get to double digits. Because let's say if I'm talking pessimistically, he's going to appear in twelve. <sighs> you thought that's what it was last year. Yeah. If he, if he starts, let's say he starts in twelve, and let's say he gets nine goals, which is generous. But um, the, and how is then that he, generous? He, that's a really high pace. <laughs> Of goal of goals per game, of right. goals per he's nine, leading which, the line for the highest scoring team in the league, which he's earned, sure. which he's earned. That's why I gave him nine. nine. But let's say he appears in twelve more, right? I'm just for sake of numbers, and that's like the equivalent of six more games. Because well, actually, not, well, it's actually less than six games. But anyway, it's let's just say in the amount of minutes it would be in about six more games to the rest of the season. I'm just gonna. And then let's say he gets sick, uh, uh, God, three goals in that. So that puts him where? At 12 for the season, right? So now we're talking about how many people are going to get to 12 goals in the season. Okay. Right? So, you know, Mitrovic will get to 12, likely will get to 12 goals in the season because Fulham, someone has to score. Uh, and they're going to, I mean, they're going to score enough where at least, anyway, I think he'll get 12. Okay. I'll just, uh, uh, before you keep going, he played. A- uh, 1,671 minutes last year, which is 18 and a half games. Jesus. And and scored... 13 goals. So my race to 12 goals was not that far off. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, when we talk about races to 12 goals, you know, when we start talking about the Lacazette, no, Lacazette, no, same boat. Uh, you know, the Arnautoviches of the world, the Chris Woods... The Saint Chosun this year, mm-hmm. um, Chaz so, for a lesser extent. Glenn Murray scored a t- uh, beat decent amount of goals because of penalties last year. Um, you know, and if Marcus, Ra- if Jose Mourinho is serious about Marcus Rashford being a thing, that's another guy who I'm probably going to put in front of Jesus. So these are all guys who, if they all hit the high end of their goal expectation, and Jesus hits his very lowest, that's a UD. Like that's what we're, I'm saying. We're, like we're, you need making, all of these guys. Yeah, yeah. To hit. I mean, if we're if we're trying to project thirty, I mean, trying to project thirty-eight weeks out from now is is tough. Sure, but you I, know I, what I mean, I'm just so saying, many I think, things happen. I think specifically with Jesus, and I don't think it applies to anyone else, certainly on his level. Uh, but I would willing, I'd be willing to put Lacazette in this same range. These I are guys not. who can score off the bench, and I like I'm willing to take their kind of per 90 stats with fewer minutes than I am guys uh, like Mitrovic and Wood and Tosun. Not below that, but like I think, and I'm not going to like reach for Jesus or Lacazette, but I think that their their raw production, and again, this is more for classic formats or points leagues than it is for head-to-head. I have famously made my opinions of head-to-head fantasy sports clear but i i think you're better off with raw points from jesus than you are the other guys yeah and i'm more and 
clearly I'm more of a head to head guy in my, you know, mm-hmm. based on my thinking. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm heavily based in head to head. That's where I've had most of my success, mm-hmm. probably with these kind of thought processes. But if we're talking total raw points, you know, we need to transition over to midfielders at some point. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, when we talk about total raw points. Again, we start getting into rotation battles at the top, especially for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking to start more or fewer def- uh, midfielders in your lineups? Like, would you be, would you sooner be a three-five-two kind of a guy, or would you be closer to a four-three-three kind of a person, starting the minimum midfielders? Uh, my, my guess is I'll be more of a four-four-two. Like, I think midfield, midfield is really deep. Um, like you can get guys who can score five to ten goals pretty deep on the midfield. It's obviously much deeper on, on list than the forwards. It's just that the upside, the the list of guys who can hit fifteen is significantly smaller. But uh, yeah, I mean, my guess is be, just because I tend to plan to not have one of the elite forwards. I mean, if I get one, that's great. But I, I always look for the the midfielders that I think by the end we'll be fine. Like that's why I tend to be much more aggressive on guys like Aaron Ramsey or son. Like I like guys, those are guys like midfielders who can score goals and they make up the points when, you know, guys like Pascal gross are getting assists. So first overall pick, for example, are you going to choose a midfielder? Or do you, or do you feel that you have to go forward there because of those top five forwards? I take some, or it, like Salah is such an uh, an obvious number one for me, and I'm willing to bypass the forwards because I'm, I would much prefer Salah and um, Murata. I'll even throw that at you. Than I would uh, Kane and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Hmm. I mean, it's Salah, like. Last season's, last season was just ridiculous for Salah. Like, um, the kind of popular thing that goes around is that if he had a twenty percent drop in production, which is like that's a sizable drop, but a twenty percent reduction, he's still the highest scoring player in the entire game. Like that's crazy, and he'll obviously regress, but a twenty percent regression is significant, and. I'm not sure I see Harry Kane scoring 35 goals this year, which is what he'll need to make up for the Salah assists. Um, so that's why Salah is like always number one for me. And I think he's a forward in what are we, what are we calling Fantaga? Fantraga. Yeah, you like the extra R, but. Um, Fantaga. No, Taga Tracks. Taga Tracks. That's what I meant. Um, but anyway, uh, like he's the number one. It's kind of. Uh, he's the hottest Taga Tracks right. forward. But after that, it's a little tough for uh, FPL just because, um, like, I think Alexis Sanchez is going to have a great year. And I, people are really, it, it seems like people are kind of down on Alexis unless I'm. You had a rare summer off. Right. Right. Uh, that, I mean, people were like, well, there was nothing like the year before, the year, and there were Euros before that. And he, and, but, like, he's played every summer except this one. Um, it's given him time to adjust to the new team which isn't that new, but um, like I love Alexis this year. I think he's got yeah. more goal-scoring upside than any other midfielder not named Mohamed Salah. I mean, for me, 
especially when I'm looking at lower end midfielders, are there any midfielders who will be the team's penalty taker? You know, that I feel like that's the cheapest way to get raw points. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, Tom Kearney from Fulham, who I've right. described mm-hmm. as this season's Luka Milivojevic. Correct. Yeah. Like, I would take him over Milner or... Would you take him over Jorginho? Oh, yeah. I know that you've had some arguments over Jorginho's <laughs> uh, ranking. So. Yeah, I, I just think there there's a lot to be said on format, and maybe I just wasn't clear with my rankings, even though I've literally never not done Premier League or FPL rankings, official Premier League rankings. But, I mean, in, in this format, you need guys who may score a few goals. Like, three goals and two assists doesn't sound like a lot, but it makes a significant difference against defensive midfielders who don't shoot and don't really set up other players to shoot. And Jorginho kind of fits in that mold. Same with N'Golo Kante. Um, Aaron Moy is like a popular one, but like he doesn't really do it that much. Guys like Ander Herrera, who I think is going to get some playing time early in the season. Um, people, I had somebody ask me about Fred. Um, I don't know how much people playing time. People have been loving Fred on the fan Traga drafts. Uh, and, and he makes a lot more sense in that format. But it's like for official FPL, I just don't, like, where is he scoring goals or assisting goals? Um, he's not Mero and Fellaini in terms of somebody who can come in and actually nick a goal. Uh, and so that's. So let me. So let, let, let's talk about midfielders a little bit here. So obviously, I think the first kind of bubbling up point, if we're going to talk about your ranking, so obviously you rate this guy very highly, um, is James Madison. Yes. Who. Uh, you know, for Leicester, that that was a big get. I don't want to ma- I don't want to understate that. That was a huge get for them. Uh, and you have him in front of the likes of Raheem Sterling, who are often drafted far, far before him. Yeah. In, in Madison. Yeah. Um, I not that I think Madison is going to do what Mares did at Leicester, but he's going to be given the opportunity to do everything that Mares did. And Mares is a better player, so please don't like take it that way. But that's a team that has a very proven goal scorer and Madison is somebody who knows how to create chances. And I'm significantly more uh, optimistic on his playing time than I am Sterling. Um, I, despite me saying earlier that, you know, you can take any of the Man City guys and you're okay. Uh, despite his ridiculous year last year, Sterling's one I'm the lowest on. Like I put him behind uh, David David Silva is the one you are lowest on. Uh, I, I meant more on the in the forward group with gotcha, you know, basically gotcha, Sane. Gotcha. Understand? Uh, yeah, but uh, I I just think Madison has has the opportunity that not a lot of guys do, and for a team that has gotten very good production out of that spot, uh, and so maybe I'm simplifying it a little too much, but he's a good player and he's gonna. He has an opportunity. So, you know, when we look at the when I'm going to I'm going to take a look at the overall your 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 top overall rankings here. So you have Madison at 23 and Sterling at 24. They're right next to each other. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about in a 10 team league in the early third round. James Madison's going to be gone for you. Like anywhere in the third round, you are comfortable taking, I'm taking James Madison. Right. And if I'm reaching, that's fine. I'll happily reach for James Madison in that spot. And then. Let other people guess on Richarlison, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Pogba, 
Like I, 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 I find it odd that you were saying guessing on Mkhitaryan's. Like, you know, it, I mean, Richarlison is the hot property now because of his money move to, you know, Marco Silva, who he performed well for. To be fair, he did. Uh, and, you know, and an Everton and, and an Everton side that has some good some good talent to get him the ball too. You know, Gilfie Sigerson's been dreaming for guys to run down the wing with as much talent as Richarlison. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Richarlison. Don't don't get me wrong, but but when you say when you say guessing on guys like Richarlison and Mkhitaryan, they're I mean at least in the systems in which they play, they're kind of known products, right? And I mean, they really, in terms of Richarlison, had such a limited time of how good he was, and everyone's like, well, it was Marco Silva got canned, and then it's changed, and it's like that's fine, but uh, this is a new team, and he literally did not score a goal or get an assist, not one, after December 12th. The season ended in May. Like, I don't care how different it is, to not have a single one in that span is kind of crazy. And to think that, like, well, he could hit 10 goals this year, eight is none, it's like, I'd like to see a little bit more production. I realize I'm saying this against Yeah, do you feel like? Um, yeah, do you? So, do you feel that Richarlison is closer to like a Yannick Balassi? Uh, in terms of what? You know, the fact that he runs really fast and he has some talent to put the ball in the back of the net and to help others, but it's just not been consistent enough. Uh, I think the Richarlison ceiling is significantly higher, uh, and. Well, be, well, Belasi before the injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I when we when we when we all liked them. Right, right. Uh, I I think Richarlison's ceiling is higher, um, but I think it's going to take kind of a a I don't want to call it an outlier because he hasn't been here, but it's going to have to take a, a big season for him to to move into this next tier. Obviously, I mean, like I I don't see him finishing the season with stats like Sterling or Son or any of the Man City guys, basically. Ramsey, if he stays fit. Like, that's how, that's the reason why I rank Madison ahead of him, because I think there's a better chance that Madison finishes there than Richarlison does. So another thing that was interesting uh, to transition on, you have Jean-Michael Sarri in front of Ryan Sessegnon. I do. As, you know, as far as, you know, your Fulham hierarchy of midfielders, of which three of them are legitimate names and some talent behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those two and Andre Sherla. You have Sherla a little bit lower. Uh, I don't disagree with that, especially considering that he's, you know, new, <laughs> you know, new to the team as of like a week ago. Right. So when we talk about. Fulham as a team there's there's of the three promoted sides them and Wolves there seems to be a lot of optimism about in fantasy Mm -hmm. and it seems as though the elite of the Wolves talent seems to be liked more there seems to be a lot of depth at Fulham that people are trusting uh in their fantasy lineups yeah it seems that way I mean um Sessegnon was tremendous in the championship I mean don't get me wrong he's a very good player I think people want to make him a better player because he's so young, which like I realize how weird that sounds, but like um, when it comes to fantasy production, and again, he had great fantasy production last year in the championship. uh, I think 
when you're like, well, he only, he was only, was he 18 last year? Um, like that's tremendous returns for an 18 year old. And it's, it's, he's not going to be nearly as good this season. Uh, just the jump to the premier league is a, is a big one. The Uh, Matt Ritchie effect. Right. Um, Fulham are very good, but they're, they're not that good. I mean, like they're, they're likely not finishing in the top half. Uh, I don't think they're going to be battling for relegation, but you know, it wouldn't shock anybody. And that's what happens with promoted teams. Um, and I just, I, I'm more comfortable with a guy who has played in a top, top league and has done that very well. And maybe I was thrown off by the fact that, um, Sari was, um, connected to teams like Barcelona and, and Arsenal, right, Chelsea. Right. Uh, ending up at Fulham clearly shows us that it was his agent making those claims. But um, he's a very good chance creator. And from what it looks like, Sessegnon is going to play as a left back, which that's just you tend not to get a lot of returns like he had last year playing as a left back. Yeah, Sessegnon has been viewed as by some, not by... Not by most, but by some of having like a similar trajectory of what we saw from Gareth Bale coming up through the ranks. So Gareth Bale famously started out as a you know a wing back yep. and then kept progressing his way forward. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, uh, even if even if Sessegnon ends up as Bale, uh, this is his first year in the Premier League, and I don't think it's enough for him to be this. Like, I don't think he's going to be some elite player this year. Yeah, it, it. I mean, this year especially, you know, because that's all we can talk about here for this. Um, for Sessegnon's purposes, right, we're seeing a lot of teams that are looking at him and saying, you know, he's a good budget. He's a good budget midfielder, but yet Sari is less expensive, too. If we're talk, just switching really quickly to the fan, the, the salary cap format. So, I, I mean, we're, you're, what we're talking about here, what you're saying is even at a lower price, you're expecting a higher return from Jean-Michael Sarri. Yes. Yes. And, like, he's not, like, a big goal scorer. He's, he's not... an assist. You're chasing assists here if you're talking about the counting stats like that. Right. Uh, but Sessegnon, I don't think, is going to be that great of a goal scorer in the Premier League. Like, if he hit five, that's pretty good for a 19-year-old left back. And then would you take – I mean, I'm looking for Kearney in the, in the rankings here. And, you know, I'm – having a having yeah so i mean he's behind all of them he's behind all the others yes so especially when we talk about penalty takers for fulham right are we saying that there's not enough potential for penalties from this side to warrant even you know karen getting a little more love because of how much goals are worth in the midfield scoring i think uh penalties or it's hard it's just hard to project yes it's hard to project and i think milivojevic last year made everyone be, think Wait, now I need, you know, maybe it's maybe I should jump on to get a, uh, the penalty taker for whoever. Uh, and we saw anybody who played at the World Cup. Um, we saw plenty of guys in the World Cup as kind of terrible fantasy options, but they happen to take uh, penalties, and so they paid off. We should note that there's no VAR, no VAR in uh, the Premier League this year. So yeah, there'll be like, far fewer then. Right, right, and so they just don't happen that often. I mean, obviously, if I thought somehow Fulham were going to get 10 penalties like Crystal Palace did last year, then sure, he'd be higher. But uh, I don't think they Crystal Palace gets it this year. So there's just, you know, I think everybody that I put ahead of him 
had a better chance, a, a more realistic chance at a goal assist combination that was just higher than his. Andrew, your scorching hot takes are disturbing um, the weather gods here. I yeah, don't know sorry. if you can hear it in the background, but there is quite the storm of brewing from <laughs> all of the all of the hot take the hot reaping. Take of Tom Kearney, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so watch yourself. Yeah, that's all sorry. I'm saying. Okay. Just, okay. just be careful. Will do. All right. Now, another popular midfield like I referenced before, and I, we can confirm uh, – well, we could have confirmed a long time ago, but both Felipe Anderson and Andre Yarmolenko are midfielders yeah. uh, in this format. So where do you see West Ham considering all of the – you know, when we talk about Everton, West Ham, and well, I guess to a lesser extent Fulham, even though we kind of delve pretty deeply into them. You know, these are like the the next level tier from the, from the top six, I think. There's really not that many teams with, you know, the depth of midfield talent of those – three teams at least as far as name recognition value i think that's right um i i really like the west ham guys it's kind of like they're very good on paper and fantasy is kind of paper sports so um obviously they need to actually do it in order to, for the fantasy production to be there but um yarmolenko i think the the biggest hindrance on yarmolenko is i really i'm not sure he's gonna play that many minutes only because he seems to just never play that many minutes. There always seems to be some nagging issue that keeps him <laughs> from only playing a few minutes, which... So him and uh, Mikel Antonio will just uh, take turns getting their quad injuries on the right, on one side of the midfield? If they could time them, they, they, then West Ham's fine. Um, but I, I really like Felipe Anderson as a player, uh, and I think he is going to take on kind of a major role for West Ham, especially with uh, Manuel Lanzini out for most of the season. Uh, and so... The upside is there. I think West Ham, I mean, we kind of have said it, West Ham have some good players, and if they can put it together, uh, we could get plenty of fantasy value out of it, but probably not enough for me to have Jack Wilshire. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jack Wilshire is going to be worth the price, and then this huge crash of lightning comes down. It just would have been perfect. Right. No, I, and, uh, I'm, I'm a pass on Wilshire. Yeah, Jack Wilshire to me is like, he's like a New York Mets pitcher. You know, something is going to go wrong. Like, he's going to get, like, hand, foot, and mouth disease or something like that. Somebody did get that recently. Two people. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten it in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically, uh, and it's, it, it's, it is a disease that is transmittable just when one person gets it. Right. Um, so, obviously, some people are pretty filthy in baseball. But it's actually – it, the projection is that they originally got it from doing char uh, charity work with children. Oh, that's so the, so the Mets the Mets are officially Canceled the only charity. team – Yes. That was perfect timing. <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm turning my head back around towards the window. Like all the windows are closed. I can't make it any lower volume. That's, uh, That's all I know. I think it's a very good. You would think we had like a soundboard. <laughs> we have nature soundboard in the background. That's right. That's right. We don't live that far from each other. Are you getting this at all or no? No. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we will move on to other. Sorry, but um, before we move on, there's one guy I wanted to ask you about. Well, I mean, I wanted to move on for more guys oh. in midfield, at least. I mean, there's plenty of people I kind of there's plenty of people I want to talk about in midfield because it's the deepest of the positions. You know, you're going to draft five of them, right? So there's going to be you know at least fifty taken. Well, there's going to be fifty taken yeah. in a ten team league, but um, there's a lot to choose from. I mean, you had Fred at 95th, which you know we talked we've talked about Fred already, right? Like, so there's there's a there's a there, there is a very wide array of talent here to talk about. Um, you know, someone who 
you know, switch in it's it's kind of a switch of team, but not really. There's uh it, he's being loaned back to the same team two years in a row as Kennedy going mm-hmm. to Newcastle. Yeah. Those first six weeks are brutal yeah. for Newcastle. We haven't talked about him that much because, you know, the first six weeks you're likely not gonna play him at all. Um I mean, they open up against Tottenham at home against a Spurs side that is like not gonna have a lot of guys. Theoretically. Or yeah, they'll have the, all their the, guys <laughs> who haven't trained that much. Uh, I love Kennedy. I think is the best player, like fantasy option on Newcastle this year, and there will be a point where you can play him comfortably. Yeah, like, basically any Southern other time. Right behind him, though. No, no, no. But I like Kennedy a lot. Oh God! I was going to ask you about Nabi Keita. Oh my God! And like, Everyone the... for 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 Taga tracks. He's 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 one of the hot Taga tracks. I'll give you that. I I believe that, but for official premier league um there's a lot of shine on that mid on uh, on that forward three um there they, I, I don't know if there's enough ball to go around to get everyone the points that are necessary okay that's um, fair i mean in in each of his past two seasons i mean eight goals and seven assists in uh 29 starts he, six goals he, five assists and 23 starts like I'm high on Nagby Keita. I'm a huge fan in that system, especially because right. of his engine, because of his motor, and because Fabinho is also there. That's going to help a lot. Mm. Um, so he doesn't have to be the guy who's who's all over the place. That's yeah. more Fabinho. Fabinho missed uh, the penalty today. Uh, I was talking to somebody <laughs> recently about... That doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. And I made kind of that point. He, In fact, it was um, it was Chris Owen, who uh, works for us and is a, is a Liverpool supporter, and I sent him my rankings... And he thought I was a little aggressive on Fabinho. And I said, the the one thing I really like about Fabinho is that he could be taking penalties for Liverpool. And, and he's going to take that job from Mo Salah? I mean, Salah missed one towards the end of last. Like, I think that that job was open. And oh. I said to him, Fabinho is really good at penalties. Like, he if, he, if he can get that job, like, that's... I would rather the possibility you know, of Liverpool penalties than I would Fulham penalties or Crystal Palace penalties. No matter you know who how else is like good Zaha. at penalties? You know who else is good at penalties? Who? Sadio Mane. Uh, I think Mane missed one last year too. Yeah. yeah. He's off, but Fabinho missed one this year. Right, well, that's <laughs> what, it, yeah. And then also like, Fabinho missed one today. And it was again, like, uh. again, again, you know, everyone's going to miss a penalty here or there. I'm just saying that. Well, the I don't think is, that, I don't the, think that job is really that, that up for grabs. I mean, Mo Salah is going. Salah was on the field today. Salah drew the penalty, and Fabinho took it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm I'll, just saying, I'll, if I'll Fabinho I'll, had I'll connected, be surprised if that happens in a game that counts. I'm just saying, if Fabinho had connected today, I think the job was his. But he missed, so it doesn't matter. Even if he had made it, I would be would have been stunned if Mo Salah would be deferential to somebody else to get goals like that when he did it last year. He lost it last year. He lost that job last year. He had it and he lost it. I, That's I'm, all standing, I'm, I'm, st- I'm standing by my statement. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, most, I mean, most Salah deserves to get all the goals that he possibly can get. I mean, that, this is, that's like Harry Kane talk. What's wrong Liverpool, with that? Liverpool have real goals, not just like winning a golden boot. <laughs> <laughs> says the Arsenal fan about Tottenham. Okay, perfect. All right. There's no there's no uh there's no judgments there. No, um I mean, I'm a little surprised that you have Junior Hoylet so high. Uh 
because Cardiff are just a waste. They're really bad. Uh, and uh, and you're having a midfielder this high. Yeah, but most. I mean, he he's their attack. And so, so is Diogo Yota, but I mean, you have him a lot higher. He's not that good. You know, he's Junior Hoylet. We've also seen Junior Hoylet before in the Premier League. Um, he yeah. was young with QPR. It, it, it wasn't that special. Uh, I don't think like I'm not sure that the guys I have around him are. It was more that he's going to always play. Like, I think the guys that I have around him. Man, you, you get into really, that point where. So what, I just love it when I say that you're just like, no, I'd rather have the 20 games, and then you're like, oh no, I'd, I'd rather have the, well, the, the full the full outlet output of Junior Hoylet. Well, of I all think the players to plant your flag in the 100 percent playing time. It's Junior Hoylet. But I think his 100 percent playing time will be more than the part time in terms of raw points than the guys behind him. That's what I mean. Like I think Fabregas will be great, will be much better than Hoylet on a per minute basis, but he's not going to play enough. That's what I mean. Same with Shorla or Walcott. I mean, these are the guys I have behind. Like the the, the argument before was that you didn't I'm, think those guys were going to play enough. Jose, I did. I, Jose is Kierdo for Brighton is significantly low for me. Uh, it's personal preference. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that you all you're you know your seventy fifth seventy fifth ranking on Jose is is way too low. It's my personal preference. I like what he does on the field for a second year Brighton side. That's you know, my hope is that they improve going forward. Yeah, uh, I, you know I, I get it, that. the whole the whole the whole Anthony Knockhart. So the similar thing that we said about uh, Ryan Sessegnon, uh, you know, when he when he just absolutely dominated the um, the championship and going to the Premier League, you know, same thing happened to Anthony Knockhart. He got knocked way back, and he yeah. also had an injury too. But uh, but he was decent. I mean, he he would he lost his job for a while. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure Izquierdo starts enough. Yeah, like that, I think like, the like, addition of Jahan Baksh and um, uh, other low end and Joan, yeah, I think they have they they Brighton added attackers, uh, and so they did. Well, Jahan Bosch and Florin Andone, yeah, who I think just take away possibility. Andone doesn't really play where Izquierdo does, but no, he does not. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe okay. I'm too low on Jose Izquierdo. Sure, I, I I think he belongs in the same range as i think he belongs in the same tier for, for example as a junior hoylet for sure okay that's fair uh that's you know fair. that i mean those are the kind of guys i mean max meyer uh, who just came into crystal palace he needs time a little bit yeah. so i understand why he's low um you know yeah i basically have is above you, you, the there's a there's a lot of dark throwing when you get this far down the exactly. So, exactly so i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be like oh this is an outrage uh you know the all the almost all these are dark throws right um you know, Theo Walcott's value just took a decent dip at Everton. Um, you know, I, I'm you know, Gerard De Lafayette was very underrated for Watford. You have him at 39, um, so about eight spots below um, Junior Hoylet. Mm-hmm. But Gerard De Lafayette, when he was playing for Watford, was good. Yep, and I uh, a big part of my ranking on him is that he doesn't play enough. Yeah, no, oh, and and that, that same thing goes for Bernardo Silva, who's at forty-seven. Uh, Silva was like the twenty-fifth highest scoring midfielder last year. Bernardo Silva, you have Bernardo. To specify. Bernardo, yes. Are you saying I'm too low on Bernardo or too high? No, I, I'm saying you're applying the same principle. You're not sure, sure how much he's going to play. Yes, yes. 
I just I'm 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 what I'm trying to say is I'm seeing seeing inconsistency in the Gabriel Jesus argument when you're starting to talk about midfielders here. The the difference in that argument, Mike, is that your expectation of minutes is lower than mine. Like, I think Jesus is going to play a lot more than you think he will. Do you think it's because they'll start both? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they'll, you know, or I think Aguero won't play as won't start as much because they have Champions League and I mean, they have everything that top four sides do six with the Europa stuff. (laughs) Like are I, you are, so are you, I mean, uh, let me, I, uh, I don't want to go back to that. We will, we, we, we'll, 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 we'll take the wait and see approach on that. And we'll just kind of gauge it throughout the, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, it, one thing to note about that is, you know, when both of them were healthy last year, they did both play Yeah, the three, five, two with Mendy, with Mendy providing the width yes. was awesome. You know, yeah, it was good. Uh, Leroy Sané was non-existent in exactly. that lineup. Yep. Um, you know, just 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 for just for you people who are trying to get a lot of that city midfield, just beware, buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Mora is an interesting name that's on the midfield list here. Um, you know, Son has the Asian games, mm-hmm. so uh, you know Lucas Mora is going to be somebody who is going to at least get some time to you know potentially get that job. Yeah, I think he scored two goals the day I was doing these or finishing them up, and I probably got a little overly excited, but. I mean, it's a decent number of games that Sun could miss, and so um, I think it's five, five right. to seven, something yeah. like that. So if it's like it's like, and also I think there's Afcon this year too. Um, in January. What does that have to do with? Well, be, well, it doesn't necessarily have to do with this. It just has to do with players that are going to miss time oh. for for international duty in um, significant time. Yeah. So I I just think uh, he he has that one was probably more best case scenario as opposed to realistic, but. Uh, he's a decent. I mean, he's a good player, and that's a team yeah. that kind of needs to figure out a way to not rely so heavily on Harry Kane. Yeah, uh, it, the, I mean, the Afcon games is going to be something that's going to it's going to affect guys like Sadio Mane potentially. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, and Sadio Mane is someone who's you know he's going to be a top five midfielder for most. So um, you have to assume that he's only going to start closer to thirty games versus thirty eight for this um, season. Right. And that, then that's at the high. That's at the high end, and it's not. And it has nothing to do with health. Mane. I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. That, no, I'm saying that's what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. With Sadio Mane specifically, that's what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. Uh, lots of midfield. I'm sure we're going to have tons of talk, tons and tons to talk about as the season progresses. Uh, I also think you're vastly low on Alex Pritchard for Huddersfield. Mm. I. Uh, oh, sorry. Before you keep going, uh, Afcon's not until June. It's not till June this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, Never mind. That. But Pritchard, I'm, I'm, Pritchard is a good one, and De La Feu, I will also lump in there. They're just not goal scorers, and they don't get that many assists. Like they're good players in everything except what you get points for in the official Premier League game. Like that's why they're not higher. Now, there's one name that's going to sound like such a homer pick, but. He's been featured a lot, and that's Callum Hudson Odi. Mm-hmm. Um, I was too scared. Yeah, I, I figured that. <laughs> but I, that being said, I I kept Ruben Loftus Cheek in, hoping he would be there and or leave, and I could really move him up. But uh, I, I'd be I, I'm not convinced that Loftus Cheek doesn't start. I, I mean, I think that he's going to be in that midfield three with uh, with Jorginho and with Conte uh, and with Conte. Right, I very much, I very much believe that. Not Kovacic. 
Oh yeah, COVID. yeah. That that Kovacic, that Kovacic news kind of puts a damper on it. But we'll see, we'll see. I don't know though. But like the, I, I mean, Loftus Cheek is Loftus, a very good player, and I think Loftus Cheek in in the times. in the in like the Paul Pogba role in France, for example, it can very very can can excel in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we saw it with Crystal Palace, right? His ability to command box to box and also advance into the box too and you know create chances for others and also take some of his own yeah i agree um but cal but callum hudson Odie yeah. is he draftable uh i think literally last you know last round i mean, I mean that's literally what i did for our auction for yeah. efsa with 20 teams yeah. with 20 teams he made it to me as the only bidder left and i just started taking people yeah no i think that's a re- he's a reasonable player at that range but like i'm not going to target him but I mean, you'll know within the first few games if he's if he legitimately has a shot to play. Do you take the risk at four point five in the official game? Because um, it's hard to because if you're using that and you have a four point five rated midfielder, mm-hmm. if you need to make a transfer, you're probably going to have to make two because there's not many midfielders not in that there, range yeah. that are worthwhile. Yeah, I probably won't myself, but it is so tempting though. Sure. I'm assuming most people are going to wait and see because what's the ma- what's he going to do? Go up to four point six, and then you'll right. you know right. you'll be okay. Um, the last midfielder I want to talk about, and I want to know if I'm too low on him, is from your team, and is not Hudson Odoi, but is Ross Barkley. I you can't get low enough. Well, I could have not ranked him. That's what I meant. Yeah, like 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 if you, so you had, think I shouldn't like, have if you, ranked if you, him. If you like, I view Ross Barkley this way. If you type his name into a computer, your computer will get a virus. Okay. So me ranking him 114th among midfielders, you think is is actually too high? I will I'm start the fire. I will start the fire. Sorry, hashtag if he starts a single game. Okay. That's fair. Not to him, but that's fair. No, if it's not not fair to sorry, yeah, it's the totally fair to Ross Barkley. Yeah. I'm surprised you're. I'm surprised you're not giving me more resistance to that. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I no. I I uh, I basically only included him to kind of like prove a point of what how I felt about Ross Barkley, and I thought ranking him 114th was actually. <laughs> you didn't prove it. I, I guess not. I guess not. You I, mentioned his name. Yeah. That was that was enough for right. me. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'd like to discuss defenders in three minutes. And I actually I have that. nothing to say about them other than Benjamin Mendy is amazing. Benjamin, I think there is an elite group of two. It's I, him and yeah. Andrew Robertson, yeah. and that is it. Yeah. Trippier oh, is in that if he started 35 games? Yeah. Okay. He won't. Right. But yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. And and, and everyone and everyone else. I mean, I I was talking to you earlier. Like, where are the Burnley players? Right. <laughs> um. I mean, I think I saw two names on there. Max. Those were in well, my uh, weekly. Uh, on the top 200, there was one, I believe. There was only one name, if I'm not mistaken. That's possible. And then, I mean, you are so scared of Joe Hart um, that you are going to not rank the Burnley defenders who have just been They amazing. have been okay. They really haven't been as amazing as you think they have been. Um, they... Yeah, I, I. I mean, when I say amazing, like for their price, they are going to give you the return you're looking for. Uh, sure. My rankings were, um, I believe the term that people have used is price agnostic. But like Stephen Ward led them in points last year, 
in terms of defenders. And he missed a bunch of games. Right. He missed a bunch of games. And he finished with one point more than N'Golo Conte, who we agreed earlier was a terrible fantasy option. But and at, shouldn't at, be in the top at, two. At, an, at, a di- at a very different position. But Look, it, you know my feelings on defenders, right? You know, there's not yeah. there's not enough difference between the elite ones and the next tier to warrant the the huge difference in draft value. Yep. I'm just saying, I I I don't think Burnley will be as great defensively this season. Part of that is because of Joe Hart. There, I mean, there's a couple of hot names that are coming out there, like Ricardo Pereira yep. on uh, on Leicester. Uh, again, we're talking Leicester again. Um, you know, the, the, you know that was a hot name that came into the Premier League. You know, is that someone who you feel is worth the hype a little bit? Because I mean, it, it, what, one thing that surprised me was how highly he was ranked on like the Fantraga type scenarios. Uh, I mean, he in those situations, he's he's much better than in official premier league like i he he wins tackles he draws fouls like he's he's very good in that respect but if you're to- talking about uh, the clean sheet goal assist dependent formats uh i think he's still behind harry Maguire. Yeah. and if he stays he's i think he's behind ben chilwell who i think is a really good player um and when does christian fuchs start his nfl career yeah hopefully yesterday he can kick a ball over a house yeah I think um, there are a lot of guys who can kick over a house, but yeah. <laughs> are there any defenders? I meant, accurate, I meant accurately. Like, are there any defenders you like that aren't like who's your who are your favorites other than the Burnley guys outside of the top six? Outside of the top six teams, I'm assuming you're talking about, yes, right? Yes. Sorry. OK, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go to Everton. OK, um, they, that's a popular pick uh, and I'm I'm not interested. OK, Um I really want to say Cardiff because of their focus on defense. That does translate. Um, you can grind out a lot of, you know, you can grind out double-digit clean sheets in a similar style from the championship to uh, to the Premier League. But it, it is so ugly to watch. That seems really and bad, by the way, just so you know. I know it's bad. Like, I know they want to be defensive, but that's it tra- different. It's worked for some, and it's worked for the Burnleys of the world, and it failed miserably for the Middlesbroughs of the world. Um, yeah, I'm just saying I think you're better off with a Cardiff goalkeeper than you are a defender. Fair. That's using the Swansea method. Fair. Uh, another hot team as far as people are taking, at least, uh, you know, I've seen I've seen Patrick Van Aanholt yeah, on a bunch of Yeah, I was just teams. about to say that, Crystal Palace. I've seen, I, I, I've seen him on a bunch of teams. I've also seen yeah. the likes of Mamadou Sako and James Tompkins on Premier League teams, uh, on fantasy Premier League teams. Um, I rank them in a gutless fashion, but I really don't see how uh, Patrick Van Aanholt is in any way better than Jeff Schlupp. I don't. Uh, I, it, it, it's not. I don't even know if that's the, if it's that close. Yeah, I think Schlupp. The, the Schlupp is a potential playing time issue. Correct. That's the only reason not to like him. That, yeah, that that is the only one. Yeah. Now, speaking of the top six teams. I'm going to start uh, – I'm. Uh, this is probably going to be very unpopular like it was when I started my criticism of the same position on this team earlier, mm-hmm. uh, like about three or four years ago. I am completely selling the concept of Cesar as Piliqueta. Okay. Uh, and, I, I mean, I'm talking about I don't think he should play in a four-back system. You said that sh- before Conte got there, and nothing really has changed in terms of that. And, and, Meaning you don't and, think he should be a right-back. 
I do not think he should be a right back. It's the same exact criticism mm-hmm. of Bronislav Ivanovic that I yep. have with Cesar Espilicueta. Yep. He does not provide width. Yep. He will not. He's too defensively sound, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just it's not going to help you here. Right. And also, I think in real life, I believe that in this system, a four back and a back four, Davide Zappacosta is a better option. I love him. For, for overall defender. Yep. I love him. Uh, and I, I think Victor Moses this year is useless. Me too. Um, people who are still drafting Victor Moses, you are not, uh, you're just not paying attention. Yeah. That's exactly how I would put it. And, uh, I mean, you rank Moses low... 79th among defenders and I feel like yeah. I shouldn't have even done that far. I, I think if I was, if I was doing it, I, I mean, oh yeah. If I was doing, it, I would just say on, leave him on right. Cause I just don't think he'll play Yeah. now when we talk about another team that's not in the top six, there's going to be a lot of names here. Uh, because there have been some names that come in, but Fulham again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the center back situation is going to get a little more complicated because Callum Chambers has transferred in. Yeah. Uh, so sounds like it's pretty Callum easy, Cham- actually. I'm sorry. Sounds like it's going to be pretty easy, actually. Well, not going to be Chambers and Mawson and maybe Ream. That's well. That that's where. You know that that that's where well, you that's kind of, those are three names. I mean, Tim Ream at least people know here because he's American. Yeah. And. You know, when you have Alfie Mawson and you have, I mean, it's going to be a brand new pairing going into the season. So I'm not going to be as high on them early in the season. Mm-hmm. But if there's a way to invest on it going forward, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, we talk about Burnley too. Gibson going to Burnley is perfect. Yuck. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. For who? He's, for Burnley. Ben so, Gibson's great. Does he take away from Tarkowski or me? Great question. You think they're going to play back three, which we both know is real. With Burnley, it's a back five. Yes, it would be a back five in this case. Right. (laughs) I mean, they may they may have seen. That gives more credence than to the uh, uh, Stephen Wards of the world. No, 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 no. You're acting like that means they're wing backs. (laughs) It's just the it's just the right most center back. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I have two questions, and I don't want to talk about goalkeepers. We've gone on long enough. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to talk goalkeepers at all. Okay. Uh, the first they're all, question. They're all interchangeable. The first question is, who, which Man City center back pairing is the most used this season? We talked about this. Um, it depends if we're talking back four or back five. No, or no, back no. Just this, or sure. Um, so who in a back four? In a back four, yeah. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to my original thought of Otamendi and Laporte. Okay. I think John Stones is the odd man out there. But if it's three, then it's him. Yeah, I, I believe that Vincent Company is the odd man out there. Right. Okay, that's fair. And my last question. I think Vas. I think Vas on Company is transitioning to management. Sure. I mean, he could wear a tracksuit for the whole season. Why not? Um, the last question is which defender scores the most goals this year. I think the number on that for most goals is going to go way down this year because I don't see someone who's classified as a defender who's in a position to, I mean, who's going to be in a position to be like a Marcelo type. You know what I mean? A number 10 who's just playing left back or right back. <laughs> uh, um, unless there's some random center back that's just going to get a ton of goals. I mean, well, that's how it works. Ch- that's, how, that's always how it works. It's a yeah, random I mean, center I mean, back. The, the person as of right now is going to be Rudiger. Okay. You know, as the center back, that's kind of getting goals in the preseason, okay. but that doesn't necessarily translate. There were three defenders uh, last Fabricast year. Because Seth Fabregas is serving up a lot of those yeah. set pieces, and I don't anticipate him starting. There were three who scored at least five last year. Five that scored at least four. 
Alonzo was first at seven. So if you and don't I, and, want to count and that, him. And that, I'm not, I'm not going to say Alonzo is going to score as many because he's not going to be a left yeah. wing back. Okay. Uh, the next ones were Van Anholt, of course, and Monreal at five. So who do you think scores the most this year? I'm not, uh, <laughs> pass. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I, to me, it, I don't think it's going to be a worthwhile exercise because, I mean, it could be someone like Yannick Vestergaard mm-hmm. at Southampton. I think that's a great like, choice. Someone who he provides an offensive threat. Yeah. And Southampton are going to r- probably rely on set pieces. Yeah. I think that's a great choice. Not mine, but that's a good choice. It's, I mean, it's going to be someone like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you're and if you are good enough to pick that person out, good on you. Okay, then I'm going to uh, pick him out. Jam- yeah, is it Jamal Lachelle? Uh, Lachelle? No, it's a former Chelsea player. <sighs> Go ahead, Nathan Ake. Yeah, I, I figured you were going to say that. I, I disagree. That's okay. I mean, it could I be disagree. like five, but uh, I mean, it's, actually, just a general knowledge penalty. question: Is Charlie Daniels still taking penalties? Is he going to take any penalties? He might not play. They got yeah. Diego Rico, man. I'm staying away from Charlie Daniels. Yeah, he's no. a popular pick in uh, the, in the salary cap format. No, thank you. Well, it's, Rico suspended the first three games, and everybody's going to wild card in the fourth. But, <laughs> but still, no, I'm good on Burnmouth. I'll take Ake. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm just going to take Vestergaard. Why not? Yeah, I like it. Boom. And on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We'll be getting back to you each week and kind of doing like a mixture of review and projections forward. But there's also, don't, please pay attention to the DFS podcast with Jordan and with Andrew uh, to get more in depth of the weekends that are coming up, including week one that's coming up very soon. So thank you all for joining, and we'll be talking to you next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.